1: A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Vloggie Las Vegas for Ghost Cassips with myself, Greg Eames Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And he's got a tremendous podcast for you as we're going a little bit more Xavier-centric today, as Paul Fritschner. He does great work over at the Big East Digital Network. Top of that, he does a great job calling all things Xavier. Not just their college basketball teams, but top of that if you're a fan of baseball, soccer, what have you. He does it all. He does amazing work over there, and we're going to be chatting with him about what we can expect from Xavier this year. It's very much a new-look team. Are they going to be trying to go up-tempo much like they did a season ago? Are they going to need to throttle things back a little bit as well. They're dealing with a pair of players as well, and Jerome Hunter and Zach Fremantle, that we were thinking were going to be big cogs for this team. They are injured, and there's a big-time question mark as to whether or not they're going to be available at all this season. So we are going to be talking about that with Paul in segment number two, and we're also going to be taking a look at just the general lay of the land In the Big East. So it's going to be a lot of fun there. And here in segment number one, did not see a lot in terms of news and notes of college basketball on Saturday, but a coach that we knew it was alright taking a leave of absence. Things not going well on that front, so I'll give you guys my thoughts on what are, what is happening over at Bryant. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is by Twitter slash X timeline at nurse 41 Keep in mind, letters M, name does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. You rate this podcast five stars. It is very much appreciated. Them from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Also on the podcast tomorrow, you're going to get my NCC conference preview edition as well. We've only got three conferences left to preview. The NCC is one of them. That'll be done tomorrow. And then we're going to be going with the big 12 and the pac 12. And then we get set for what is going to be an amazing college basketball season. We're just 29 days away. And what Brian is going to be doing for this upcoming season, that is A little bit TBD as Jared Grosso was already taking a little bit of a leave of absence. I think that that was more or less in terms of things that were going on health-wise. But he has now been arrested as there was a little bit of a situation that happened. In the very early days of October, I think that this was October 1st, where there was a bit of an accident, Jared Grosso left the scene, and now he has been arrested. Now, it's a lot more, like, misdemeanors and everything like that. I don't think that there's anything in terms of, like, some super-duper heinous crime that is going down, but, I mean, there was a failure to stop accident that resulted in damage to a vehicle, and Jared Grosso left the scene, so... That's not great to say the least, and I apologize if I got anything twisted. I am going off of just a little bit of a local report there from the North Smithfield Polices where we're going there, but, I mean, man, that is not terrific to say the least. And Phil Martelli Jr., yes, the son of that Phil Martelli, who, ironically enough, his father, Phil Martelli, is right now the interim coach, while Juwan Howard is going through some health things over at Michigan. They are both currently interim coaches slash Coaches are holding down. The Ford is acting at coaches, so that is going to be of interest. And as we know, Bryant has been very, very active in the transfer portal under the tenure of Grasso. So we shall see what happens there with Bryant. If they welcome Grasso back when his leave of absence is done, if they move on to Mr. Martelli Jr. or what have you. But that's eh, a big giant ball of wax for Bryant. And what else is a big giant ball of wax? Is the roster of Xavier. And we're gonna be looking at that next with Paul sure He does great work over at the Big East Digital Network. Along with that, does amazing work calling all sports for Xavier? He joins me next right here on Cutscreen with myself, training sweeters And now a part of the and Family Podcast.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
2: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six man of the year. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the Everyday Guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only.
2: JCPenney, make it count.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and
2: we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
3: Are you ready to become a winning sports bettor? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIASports.
1: We're back here with Love you, Las Vegas. For guests and with myself, Craig Eames Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by this man as... We head out to the lovely city of Cincinnati, Ohio. That's where we find Paul Frischner. He does a tremendous job over at the Big East Digital Network. On top of that, I know that he is Mr. Xavier. Whether you like Xavier baseball, Xavier basketball, you go down the list of all their sports, he is there on the mic calling it all. Does an absolutely amazing job on that front And You're able to follow him at Easy Enough, his first and last name on Twitter slash X. Paul Frischner, that last name is spelled F-R-I-T-S-C-H-N-E-R all together. And Paul, great to have you aboard. Thank you.
3: Hey, absolutely, Greg. Thanks for having me. You know, the the S-C-H there, I'm glad you caught it because that's what trips a lot of people up. You know, you come over and we're the only frictioners in the world. So it's great for personal branding, but I appreciate you giving me the shout out and it's great to talk to you as always.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm a man from the great state of Wisconsin. So you get a lot of those German names out there. So (laughs) I have a lot of experience with trying to decipher all of them. So it is always very much appreciate it and what is also appreciated as well is we're about a month away from the start of the college basketball season and as we know Xavier they're going through quite a bit with regards to roster turnover from last year because Sule Boom, Kobe Jones, all those guys that were able to lead the way last year they're now at the full and they hit the transfer portal hard and heavy to bring in the likes of Davion McKnight and company and how are things going with Sean Miller and just trying to be able to establish chemistry with the team because it is not the same team that we were able to see last year, but they do bring in a lot of guys that were top scorers and were very talented at the previous stops.
3: Yeah, there's so much to talk about. So you try to pack in as much as you can, but there's so much that you can dissect with this savior team because like you said, Greg, there's so many new parts, right? Because you have all those transfers, you have The newcomers, you have this big freshman class. And the other thing, too, that you have now with Xavier is something that Sean Miller talked about when he was hired a year and a half ago is the international recruiting. Went and got three international players, also partly due to the recruiting efforts of assistant coach David Miller. But you go out and you get the Serbian freshman, Lazar Djokovic. You get Sasha Siani from Slovenia. But you also get Giedis Namiksha from Lithuania. And Giedis, he comes in as a senior. He has probably just one year of eligibility, potentially two. But I think the NCAA is still trying to figure out exactly how much eligibility he has, trying to transfer some credits over from his time over in Europe. That's a little bit still TBD. I don't know if we have a full answer on that one yet. But as far as all that goes, there are so many new faces. And then alongside of that, you go back to Conference USA, which Xavier had a lot of success in last year from Sule Boom. And you go out, you get Davion McKnight, a transfer from Western Kentucky. You get Quincy Oliveri, who's a transfer in from Rice. You also get Abu Uzman, a transfer in from North Texas. I think the biggest thing from Xavier this year is that they are going to have a very solid backcourt, whether it's McKnight, the kind of bulldog mentality from Davion McKnight. He takes charge, kind of like a fullback, right? He's a tough guy. Not all that big, but he's tough. Real tough defensively. He's going to get downhill. He's going to be able to score. He can shoot the ball. Then you have Quincy Oliveri, who's a really talented shooter, one of the best shooters in the history of the program at Rice. He comes in and adds that element of shooting production now this year. You also have a freshman in Trey Green who can really bolster the backcourt. Plus, you have Desmond Claude, who everybody's talking about, expected to make that huge jump from last season into this year. Desmond Claude's going to be a sophomore this year. Had a great year last year for Xavier, he was kind of established his role as the year went on, saw a lot of minutes in the NCAA tournament, now has that experience. I expect him to take a massive jump this year. So the question marks for Xavier really, to me, Greg, aren't in the backcourt. But you look at the talented backcourts all throughout the Big East. You look at Tyler Kolick at Marquette. You look all over the Big East and you see these transfers, these players that are gonna be able to produce at such a high level. Now Xavier is gonna to have to be able to do that right there alongside of them. The questions for Xavier are gonna be in the front court because you lose two players who are not expected to play this year and Jerome Hunter and Zach Fremantle. Fremantle due to a foot surgery that he just had and Jerome Hunter due to some medical issues that he's been experiencing. Neither one of them are expected to play. That was the word that we got a few weeks ago. We'll see how it goes throughout the season. I wouldn't expect either of them to play this season. But those are two massive talents that Xavier loses that now you have to try and replace this year. And those are guys that you're counting on because for as much, Greg, as we want to talk about the transfer portal, you're counting on those guys to produce, but you don't find out until late in the summer like Jerome Hunter That happened in June. Zach Fremantle happened relatively recently. So you're counting on those guys. You didn't go and recruit in the transfer portal the way you might have if you had known from the very beginning that those guys weren't going to be available. So instead, you have to kind of shift around, do what you can to make those decisions. I think Xavier did a pretty good job about that. The other piece to this is Kachi Enze, a freshman, a relatively unknown product. I think he was a three-star out of Pennsylvania. Didn't have a ton of film. Wasn't a very popular recruit out of high school. I'm interested to see what his role is this year. But Greg, I wouldn't be surprised if we were sitting here maybe next year going into next season's preview. If I'm lucky enough to be back on this show next year doing the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a name that we had circled as somebody that could take another big jump. I've seen a lot out of him that I really like. He's a physical player. He's tall. He's a big body. And he's got a ton of potential.
1: And I think that it is interesting that you bring up so many of these guys and a lot of them are bigger guys that are going to be looking to fill the role of Zach Freemantle and Jerome Hunter, a pair of surprising guys that they were expecting to have in the fold and for Fremantle. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but it's probably going to be the vast majority of the season for Hunter. It sounds like he's just done for the year. So these guys are going to need to play big roles, as Paul Frischner. He does amazing work over at the Big East Digital Network, along with telling all things Xavier is going to be right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And with regards to just the roster that we have at hand, as we know, Sean Miller, He, unlike his time at Arizona, where I think that was fair to call Sean Miller a mid-tempo coach, wasn't necessarily pushing the ball, but at the same time, Arizona was never really a slug. He really cranked up the tempo last year at Xavier What do you expect out of the team this year? Because I think that the guy that I'm most intrigued by is Usman, coming over from North Texas, who played at the slowest pace in all of college basketball, not necessarily a menace on the offense of them, but was very good defensively. And I do notice with the Xavier team, they did bring in quite a few guys with some size and some guys that didn't necessarily play super-duper up-tempo at their previous stops.
3: No, you're exactly right, Greg. I mean, look at last year. Xavier was eighth in the country offensively on Ken Palm. They were the fourth-best three-point shooting team in the country. They had the 13th-best effective field goal percentage. And they got up and down the floor. They paid, played with pace. They were the 33rd fastest team in the country last year. They just got up and down the floor. And and the biggest thing for Xavier, and you mentioned that year off that Sean Miller had in between his stop at Arizona and now his stop again at Xavier, he really tried to focus on the offense and figure out, OK, what do we need to do to shape shift this offense and modernize it and get it to a point where now... You can figure out, all right, here's what we're going to do. Here is how we are going to score at a high level. Last year, you had some elite shooters. Of course, you had Sule Boom, who was one of the best three-point shooting guards in the country. You also had Adam Kunkel. You had Jack Nunji, who could step out and hit threes. Where is all that production going to come from this year? And you're right, Abu Usman, I wouldn't characterize him as a massive offensive threat. I think he's a big body down there around the rim. I'm looking to see what kind of offensive production he gives Xavier. But one bigger body and an experienced player, he's a transfer, a European product, Gedis Namiksha. I think Gedis is going to be a big name that Xavier fans, Biggie's fans, college basketball fans come to know as this season goes on because he's experienced. He's not just a freshman transfer who's coming in. You can tell that he knows and understands how to adapt to a system pretty quickly. He's picked everything up pretty fast. Him being able to come in here and now play in that role. It's not obviously the same role that a guy like Abu Usman is going to play, but being able to come down here and contribute offensively is going to be a big deal because, to your point, Sean Miller has clearly picked up the pace. He clearly wants to go out and outscore you, And, and, and that's the biggest thing here is that last year, Xavier was eighth offensively, but they were 64th defensively. There were some games last year where, for lack of a better term, Xavier could just go out and flat out outscore you. Right. They could just go out there and maybe the defense wasn't having the best night, but they could just outscore you at the end of the day. Can this team do that? Can they get enough consistent offensive production with so many new faces? I think they're going to take their lumps early. They have a tough schedule. They play Purdue. They go out to Vegas. I'm hoping I can get out there to Vegas, mostly to see you, Greg. Also to watch some basketball. That'll be there over the F1 weekend. Then a couple of weeks later, you have Houston, you have Cincinnati. This is a challenging non-conference schedule. They're going to have to score. You look at a Matt Painter team. You look at a Kelvin Sampson team. You're going to have to score points to be able to beat those guys, especially down in the post when you're going against a guy like Zach Eadie. Look, I know that they flamed out in the NCAA tournament, but for new players and for guys that haven't played in this system, you're going to have to learn it pretty fast. Because right out of the gate, you got a lot of talent early on in this season.
1: Yep, you certainly do. And I do think that it is going to be so interesting to take a look at how Xavier plays this season. Because as we know, they're in a big E set. There are a wide variety of tempos. As we know, Marquette, they very much took over. They very much took after Xavier. With regards to up-tempo style, though, Xavier obviously had the better rebounding last year than Marquette. I think that that's very (laughs) fair to say. But Marquette was a little bit better at being able to rip the ball away. But they're very much an MTPO team. As we know, Villanova, they're just a slow team. And I night in, night out, you're going to be playing against teams that they play so many different styles. How much do you think that this gets a team like Xavier and just really everyone in the conference be able to be so set for March because, as we know, the reigning national champion is coming out of the Big East and year in and year out. Teams like Villanova, teams like UConn, when they get to the NCAA tournament, they often have success, and I do credit a lot of it with regards to they and the Big Twelve in the fact that they see different looks on different nights.
3: Yeah, well, you're exactly right because look at look at the Big East this coming year, right? You have Marquette coming back, so you have all of those returning players at Marquette coming back. Not the least of which, like I mentioned before, is Tyler Kulik, reigning Big East Player of the Year. Then at Villanova, you have Justin Moore coming back, who feels like he's been in college basketball forever, one of the most experienced players in this conference. At Providence, you have Bryce Hopkins, the Kentucky transfer. At Creighton, Ryan Kalkbrunners back. UConn brings Donovan Klingen back, amongst some others, from a national championship team. And then, oh, by the way, a name we haven't even mentioned is the fact that one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time, Rick Pitino, has took over the St. John's program and is trying to restore them back to national prominence. So all over the place in this conference this coming year, you look up and down the list from Marquette, Creighton, Yukon, Villanova, Providence. There's a lot of optimism coming out of Providence with the new coach, Kim English, coming over from George Mason. So there is so much to look forward to in the Big East this year and so many storylines. It's really incredible.
1: And how do you take a look at the new coaches within the conference as well? Because with Kim English, he didn't necessarily bring in a lot of transfers outside of his guys. But what I thought he did really a good job of was just the fact that he didn't lose. And by that, I mean he brings back Bryce Hopkins and he brings back Devin Carter. Being able to get those guys back in a coaching change, you just don't see that very often. That's massive for them. As we know with St. John's, everything except for Joel Soriano's brand spanking new there with Georgetown. (laughs) There's some retention there, but getting some of those guys off the roster, I honestly think is probably a good thing for Ed Cooley, but I just take a look at the Big East, and I believe that there's only two coaches that are in year number four or later in their tenure with the program, and this conference has brought in a lot of new coaches, and they all seem to have worked out, and it makes me very interested to see what we get from this crop of new coaches.
3: Well, yeah, because if you look all the way down the list, you think Thad is back at Butler, and and yeah, they had some tough parts of the season last year, and he's still trying to build what he's trying to implement out there in Indianapolis. And then, yeah, all the way up and down the list, you have Kyle Neptune trying to settle in. He'll have a full year now with Justin Moore after Moore came back last year. And Villanova looked like an entirely different team last year when Justin Moore came back. There was all of a sudden, all that conversation at the end of the year, are they going to pull a Villanova and sneak into the NCAA tournament here? That was a much different Villanova team when Justin Moore was healthy And able to play at the end of last season. I think the biggest question mark to me, and this isn't rocket science, right? I mean, you and I both know this. Anybody listening to this that follows the Big East knows this. It's not rocket science to say that Kim English would be the biggest question mark here because we know what we get out of Ed Cooley, right? He's going to Georgetown. It'll probably be a rebuilding year for them as he implements everything he wants to do at that program. But Kim English to me is by far the biggest question mark in this conference right now because they have the talent, I think on paper, they have talent that is both returning and new into the program this year. But does that translate from George Mason to the Big East level? And that's the question he's going to have to answer. And we'll see as time goes on throughout the season. Look, we know what we're going to get out of Rick Pitino. Every single person that watches St. John's will know exactly what they get out of Rick Pitino. He's proven it for decades. It's Say UConn, you return a national champion, Danny Hurley, and what that program and that coaching staff brings to the table uh, all the way up and down the list Sean Miller and Xavier it, it's a pretty established coaching tree that to your point has completely been renovated in the last five years if you look at where the Big East stood last year or sorry what probably four seasons ago as opposed to this coming season it's incredible the work that the conference has done and these schools have done think about this Greg this is the last point I'll make here Entering 2021-2022, Big East coaches had a combined 56 NCAA tournament wins, and Jay Wright had 30 of those. Entering this season, Big East coaches have a combined 130 NCAA tournament wins. That's almost double in just a three-year span, and that doesn't even include Jay Wright. It's just a completely different conference now.
1: Oh, it certainly is, and I think that this is going to be such an interesting conference to watch as... Paul, I do have to ask you about this as well because it is something that I address very briefly. We took a look at so many the new guys that are going to be in the fold for Xavier, but as we know, they were dealing with a pair of injuries that did cause them to have to veer a little bit from some of their initial prep plans because with Zach Fremantle, I think that there was palpable buzz when he was coming back in the fold. and His season is not done yet from what I've heard, but at the very best, he's going to be returning probably sometime during conference play. And it sounds like Jerome Hunter. Correct me if I'm wrong here. It sounds like his season is just done already. But how does that cause Xavier to really have to perhaps zigzag a little bit of their plans and are there any is there any hope that either of these guys are going to be able to make some contributions during the season
3: to be clear there has not been any official word from anybody from the team that Zach Fumantel and Jerome Hunter are both officially declared out for the season there there's no official statement no official word from the team to either of that so I I'm not going to sit here and say for a definitive 100% fact that we will not see either player this coming season. The expectation is that we will likely not see Jerome or Zach play a minute in a Xavier uniform this year. Uh, Not to say they're transferring, I'm just saying that we won't see them play uh, in a game this year. Could that change? I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. Uh, That's just the expectation. But as it relates to what they have done, like I said, it's frustrating for the coaching staff to have to go back now and reassess. All right. What do we need to do to fill those gaps so late as it relates to the transfer portal where you're late in the summer? A lot of guys that maybe you would have already looked at to replace the production of Jerome and Zach, maybe have already committed elsewhere. That's a tough situation to handle. I know the coaching staff has done what they feel like is the best possible job to replace that production. I think the biggest question mark from my end is that I think a lot of people are saying that Xavier has depth just simply because they have a lot of players. But if you remember last year in the NCAA tournament, Xavier had a lot of success at the end of the year because they were only playing six players. They had a very tight rotation. Everybody knew their role, and everybody played to it pretty much to perfection, and they made a Sweet 16. This year, you're talking about maxing out your scholarships. Yeah, there's a lot of players. Yes, you have a lot of depth, but what is the quality of that depth? Is it good depth? Is it the ability to go to that 13th guy and get three or four minutes a game of good, solid production? Or is this really going to end up being what it usually ends up being, Where by January and late January, early February, you're really only playing seven to eight guys. That's probably what it's going to end up being. It just is the question of who are those seven to eight guys that we're going to have to answer because so many of these spaces are new. You're only getting Cam Craft and Des Claude. You're getting two players back from last year's Sweet 16 team. Two, two scholarship players. Everybody else, new. And they got to learn the system, they got to learn the ins and outs, they have to learn everything that's it means to play Big East basketball and that's tough, but that's the way it goes now.
1: It is going to be a very difficult situation in general, but as we know, Xavier, they did a great job of bringing in a lot of talent here in the off season as well. So it's going to be a lot of mixing and matching and, it's going to be an interesting year for Xavier. It's going to be an interesting year in the Big East where legitimately as I was doing my Big East conference preview about a week or so ago, I was talking about John Fant. It feels like you have four legitimate teams that could be competing for a Final Four. And Paul, you're going to have a front row seat to it all. You do amazing work taking a look at Xavier. You do a great job in general on the Big East Digital Network taking a look at all these teams. I know that you're very much getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. So, Let the good people know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Paul Fretchner, like you teased at the front, my name is just all pretty much, it's just all one word at Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. I will say we have some pretty exciting content that we have coming up that'll probably get announced in the next two weeks. Um, Some really, really exciting things that we're going to be doing, new projects that we're working on that we're launching for this season. I know that's very vague, but it's some very, very fun things that if you're a college basketball fan, not just a Xavier fan, but if you're a college basketball fan, I would highly encourage you to kind of stay tuned. I'll be tweeting a lot about it. You'll see a lot of things about it here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll be uh, over the course of this season, a lot of coverage, both with Xavier and the Big East in general. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. For one month from November 6th, the first day of the season, it can't get here soon enough, Greg. I'm excited for it, and thanks, as always, for having me on the show.
1: It is getting closer and closer. It is in the air, and as the temperature gets cooler, the action on the hardwood, it gets hotter. And, Paul, does an amazing job taking a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball. So big thanks to Paul Fritcher for joining me right here on Coast, to Coast Soups, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast, to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, or what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we go those in. First one is my X slash twitter timeline at jaynerner's41. Keep in mind, let us see them. They mean, does not matter as so far as per usual. Please send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review, and I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. When it comes to the offseason, we're getting you guys these conference previews, and we're going to have the SEC conference preview up tomorrow. So, getting you set there and taking a look at all that we're getting in terms of injuries, waivers, guys that will slash will not be ready for night number one. Then, once we get in season, picks and analysis at every single game, every single day. So, appreciate tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you.